Hello everyone, I am Brandon K. Hedgepath, lifelong learner, communicator, and of course your friend, and I'm so glad to be here today for this episode of the Tanson Talk Show, where our mission here is to bring people together. I'm so excited to bring you all today's episode, but without further ado, let me please welcome my guest for today, Kenneth Ashley. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. And so, first of all, how has your day been going thus far? It's been going good. Um, it's pretty early. Um, I haven't gone to work yet or anything. So, nothing too crazy. <laughs> well, that's all good to hear, at least. And so, before we get started, are you able to take a moment to go ahead and introduce yourself for the watching or listening audience here today? Yeah, um, so I'm Ken. I am a student at ODU, um, hopefully graduating my undergrad in December, um, and then I'm going to pursue a master's degree in library information sciences. Um, I work part-time at a library right now, um, and I also host a radio show on WODU, uh, which I think we'll probably talk about more later on. Yes, we absolutely will discuss that, like I said, but I'm just so excited to have you here, and I can't wait to get into this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. And so, I guess, starting off, since we did mention your WODU radio show, so are you able to tell us a little bit about your show, Pass the Ox? Yes, um, so the name is Pass the Ox, and um, the kind of tagline for it is a little something for everyone, because I myself dabble in pretty much every genre of music, um, and so... The show is um, definitely music-based. Occasionally, I have people on for a little chat, um, but music is definitely the primary focus. Um, and so it's it's one hour every week on WODU. Um, and I'm not totally sure um, the date and time for the semester um, that's coming up, but um, I will have all that information available on the Instagram page, which is PassTheOx15. Um, so whenever you, um, for anyone who wants to tune in, um, they can just follow that, um, Instagram page. And not only do I post updates about, um, like the schedule and everything, but I also post all of the show playlists there, um, which is pretty fun to look at. So if, if you're not sure if you want to listen to the show, then you can take a look and see that there really is a little something for everyone because it's just every single genre, um, metal, country, um, indie rock, pop. EDM, just everything. Well, nevertheless, I'm so yeah glad that you're able to have this opportunity to, you know, to have your show. And so what really like came about for you wanting to create Patsy Ox? So when I was a little kid, I would always pretend that I was hosting a radio show just sitting in my house. Um, and I would... <laughs> My, I think it was my uncle who started, he would call me like DJ Crazy K or something like that. Um, and so that was like a little joke that um, like my whole family knew that I would, I was like very much into the idea of being a radio host. Um, and so I would just sit there um, either with a CD player or when, when iTunes came out, I would use that. And so I would just queue up the next couple tracks and then every couple tracks I would pause it. And I would, you know, talk as if I were on a live radio station. Um, so I don't know why I was so into that hobby as a kid, but um, it's just something that I've always done. Um, so when I found out about WODU, when I started um, attending ODU, uh, I was really excited. And uh, I pretty quickly, um, I think I joined in the fall of 2021, um, and just a couple weeks later um, was when I started Pass the Ox. And so it's going to be uh, two years in October. Well, I'm so glad that you know, you're almost right there at this milestone, especially by the time this releases. I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty nice, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, and I have way too much fun <laughs> putting the playlist together and everything. Um, and it's also been fun to kind of um, change up the format every now and then, because um, when I first started off, uh, I wasn't, I slowly got more comfortable with the um, kind of public speaking aspect of it. So I didn't talk a whole lot, the, probably the first semester or so, um, but now I'm a lot more comfortable with that. So I've had some people come on, like you were a guest on there, um, 
I've had my friend Jacory was on there a couple times. Um, other WODU hosts like um, Makai and Shane have been um, on there just for like brief little chats or um, to help me pick out the playlist and things like that. Well, that is so cool. And yes, I was so pleasure. I mean, that you were willing to have me, you know, on the show. And that was just such a fun experience being able to, I mean, to be there for that. Like, like, I know a lot of things get me very excited, but that was just so exciting being able to be there. So thank you so much for that opportunity. Yeah, of course. It was so much fun and you're welcome to come back anytime. Yeah, I will definitely take you up on that offer because I mean, I, I said it was just so fun, and for me, I just I I love being able to like be right in there, and like I don't know, being able to to like have these different types of experiences. I mean, it's so fun, and being able to explore others' passions. I mean, it's just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and so and so you mentioned, of course, that you join WODU Studios and. I believe you said fall of 2021. And so, and so when did you officially start your time at Old Dominion University? Um, let's see. So fall of 2020 was my first semester, but um, there wasn't really any in-person anything happening at that point. Um, and so really my first semester as in, um, I never lived on campus. I'm a commuter student, but my first semester um, on campus um attending classes on campus and everything was really fall 2021. Um, so yeah, I would have joined um, if things had been going on earlier, but uh, that first year it was, it was just uh, nothing was really happening on campus. Yeah. I mean, I definitely fully understand that. And for me as a, you know, as a virtual student, I mean, yeah, I don't head to campus all too much, but yeah, whenever I do, I try to make the most of it. But I, mm-hmm. I fully agree that it was really 2021, 2022 school year that, you know, things really began to, you know, be happening again on, you know, on the physical campus. And, you know, it allowed for so many more opportunities than, you know, than before, at least, you know, physically there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so... And so I know that, you know, you've been, you know, a part of WODU, like you said, for almost two, you know, for almost two years. And so, and so I guess during your time, time there, have you also been exploring some other stuff outside of just your show? Yeah. Um, so I've mainly the um, radio shows have been my focus. Um, I've done a lot of training with helping other people get their radio shows started, which has been super fun. Um, I've made a lot of great friends that way. And I love listening to other people's shows on WODU um, or even being in the room if I can um, while their shows are live. Um, that's been so much fun. Um, Makai's radio shows. Um, I know you did an interview with him. Um, he has a couple radio shows and those are a lot of fun. Um, yeah, there have just been so many cool people with such cool ideas and cool shows. Um, and some of them I've had the pleasure of, you know, helping train them and things like that, which has been great. Um, and then there's also, um, I worked a little bit with Bryce on the gaming side of things with streaming video games. Um, I only did that for, I think it was fall 2021 was the only semester that I worked on that because I just kind of felt like I didn't have the right personality for it. Um, and, I'm not a huge gamer myself. Uh, there are a couple games that I play pretty consistently, but um, yeah, so I helped out a little bit with um, appearing on some of those streams with Bryce and everything, um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and now Bryce and Makai are the uh, main ones who do that, and I still like to um, tune into their streams every now and then and um, play around in the chat and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the primary um, two areas that I've worked in at WODU. Um, I've also helped out with a couple people's video projects because um, there are a lot of film students um, that have um, a presence at WODU. And so a, a lot of times in the group chat, they'll just comment, you know, like I have to uh, record a short film for class. Does anybody want to help out? And, you know, I'm always um, down to do stuff like that because I love film as well. That's another one of my huge passions. Um 
so yeah, those are kind of the main um, things that I've gotten into at WODU. Well, that is great that you're at least able to yeah, explore all of these different areas and become sort of well-rounded in that regard. And now the, I believe the on-air under director. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I'm so glad that you're able to, I mean, to really make the most of it and live up to your childhood potential of, you know, being a, you know, a DJ and radio host. And so, so I guess looking at that, how cool is that that you're able to actually do that though? Yeah, it's, it's so cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I have, I have way too much fun putting together the playlists and recording the shows and everything. Um, and it's nice. Um, we've gotten some um, new features and new capabilities um, between the WODU app um, as well as some technology in the studio in the past year, um, which is really nice. So I'm really looking forward to coming back um, here in a couple months um, in the fall semester. Yeah, and so, of course, I know that, you know, that in addition to all of your, you know, your radio shows and everything, well, all your radio stuff and everything else you do, that, of course, for your academics that you're focusing in on your, your library, information science. And so how has that been going for you? Yeah, so I'll be wrapping up my undergraduate in December. Um, and my undergrad degree is in um, creative writing is my major, and my minor is women's studies. Um, and then I'll, I'll have my application in um, here in a couple months for the graduate program, um, which I'm hoping to attend to ODU as well. Um, but I think it will be a big help that I have some experience working in libraries already. Um, so I think that will help me a lot with those, especially those intro level courses and things. Um, but I've had a really great time in the um, creative writing program. There are so many great professors. Um, Professor Molly Brown, um, she just left. Um, she went out west. But um, her work is amazing. Um, she's a very cool person. Um, so if anyone has the um, ability to uh, access her work or um, to you know, take a class with her or anything, I highly recommend it. Um, Dr. Louisa Gloria as well is really great. She was the... Um, Poet Laureate of Virginia, which is insane that so many ODU students are able to take classes with her. Um, so yeah, those are just a couple highlights um, from the creative writing program. Well, nevertheless, I mean, that's great that you were able to, yeah, you know, to really, I guess, yeah, enjoy your experience and learn from, I mean, some pretty extraordinary, you know, people that, yeah, you know, have just done so much stuff. And I know, yeah, since you mentioned poetry I know that's one of your you know your strong suits there yeah poetry is definitely um, one of my preferred mediums for writing um although I've been um the great thing about the creative writing program is that um you're you're kind of forced to try out different mediums um so even if you go in thinking like you know poetry is my one and done that's the only uh, medium I'm interested in you still get a chance to try out those other forms like short stories and essays and articles and things like that um, and so I've discovered a lot about um, my own um, writing habits and writing style and everything, which has been great. And so there's just been a lot of new um, avenues opened up to me that way. Well, I'm glad that you know, you're able to you know, have that opportunity. And so, so yeah. So I guess what are some of the favorite your favorite parts that you've you know been able to do or learn about while in your creative writing studies? Well, for one thing, I've um, I've had to do a lot of reading, of course, um, and so I've read some pretty cool things that way. Um, even some of the textbooks, um, which you don't typically think of textbooks as being, you know, particularly fun or um, enjoyable to read, but some of them have been really great. Um, one book that I really liked um, that I read for a poetry workshop was um, it's called Cardinal, and the author is Tyree Day. Um, I really liked his poetry. Um, I read some poems by an author named Chen Chen. Um, he's great. Um, I love his work as well. Um, so those are a couple of standouts. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. There was a book that I read um, for a course called Women Writers, and it was from, I want to say the 19th century. Um, I'm not sure of the exact year or decade, but um, the book was called Ruth Hall, 
and um, the author was Fanny Fern, I believe. And let me actually double check that because <laughs> I always get the, um, since they're both women's names, it's confusing which one is the title and which one is the author. Okay, yes. The book is called Ruth Hall and the author is Fanny Fern. Um, and I enjoyed that one a lot. I had never heard of the book or the author, um, but it was kind of a um, very uh, progressive and modern story for its time, um, which was really cool, um, not only in the plot, but also in the writing style. Um, so if you're interested at all in classic literature, um, I'd recommend that to anyone. Um, I actually, I had to purchase a secondhand copy for the class. Um, and so I've actually lent it out a couple times since then because um, I just found it to be really enjoyable and really surprising. So I wanted to share that with people. Well, that is so cool that you're able to you know, explore, you know, expand your horizons and and check out like all different types of yeah of literature and so yeah I'm I'm glad that you're able to have that experience and that's enough that you're even able to well rather willing to lend out your personal copy I mean that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah sometimes um when you lend out a book you know there's not always um certainty that you'll get it back or if you do get it back that it will be in the same condition so yeah <laughs> yeah I know because for me like yeah like I would say that. Though it's been a little bit since I've been a uh, necessarily heavy reader per se, but I do love a yeah a good book. But I don't know, I, I keep my my personal copy sacred, and I, I I don't I don't like people um messing it. But at the same time, I'm also someone who really likes keeping everything I own in mm -hmm. a very yeah a very close to never used condition. So mm -hmm. yeah, very immaculate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but nevertheless, though, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're able to, you know, to strive within your major. And you mentioned, of course, your minors in women's studies. So what made you choose women's studies as your minor, out of curiosity? I have been interested in, um, like, feminism and um, gender roles, gender politics for a long time. Um, and I don't fully know where that stems from in my life. Um, but it's just always been something that's interesting to me. Um, I remember probably my first exposure to it was when I was like maybe 13 or 14. Um, and I just started reading like everything I could about um, like feminism, women's rights activism and all of that, um, especially in a modern context as opposed to a historical context. Um, so I've just kind of been interested in that for a very long time. Um, and so I considered doing a double major um, in women's studies and um, creative writing, but uh, I would have had to go for another semester. And so I'm, I may in the future look at um, um, doing another kind of degree, like maybe a master's degree or a graduate certificate in women's studies. Um, but it's just um, kind of didn't work out that way. Um, but I definitely wanted to make sure that I, I got to take some of those classes so um, that's why I chose as my minor. Um, and I've had so many wonderful professors and wonderful courses. Um, and I'm excited that I'm still getting to take some in my last semester. Um, but some highlights, um, I would say, um, I took feminist disability studies with um, Dr. Ruth Osorio. That was one of my favorite classes that I've ever taken. Um, we did so many cool projects and we just learned so much um, in that class about um, disabled perspectives, um, disabled writers, disabled artists, everything, um, which was super cool because um, accessibility um, is another thing that's very important to me. And so um, they kind of go hand in hand, um, you know, women's rights and accessibility. Um, so I was really excited when I saw that course. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to take it. Well, I'm glad that you were able to take the course and then learn from it, yeah, as well. And I mean, really be able to broaden your interest. Yeah, definitely. I learned so much um, from that course that I hadn't even thought about before. Um, just one example is um, we we looked at something called an access audit, which is um, basically um, evaluating a space on how accessible it is for all kinds of people. 
Um, and so one thing that we um, talked about there was that actually the scent of a space can make it more or less accessible for certain people. So if there's a strong fragrance that can be very harmful to some people, um, which is just one of those things that I had never had to think about. Um, and so it was, it was really eye-opening. Um, and it's just definitely helped me a lot when I'm, I'm navigating through the world and I'm, I'm looking for these accessibility concerns more often now. Well, that is such you know, important work and it's important that, you know, that not only that you earn it, but also that overall as a society that we continue to grow and, and work to make sure that, I mean, every, everything is as much accessible as we're able to, to make it. So that way everyone can, you know, can enjoy, you know, just, just these simple joys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and another great course, um, not in my major or my minor, but um, I just chose it as an elective that I've been taking at ODU is um, I took sign language and deaf culture um, um, part one, and I'm taking part two in the fall. So that's been super fun because, um, again, just ties in with that accessibility need um, and being able to um, communicate with people who are deaf or hard of hearing. That's um, definitely something that I want to um, study more and something, a skill that I want to have for sure. Well, I'm so glad that you're able to take the class and did you overall enjoy it? Yeah, it was a great time. Um, the professor was, um, Dr. Laura Blackburn and she was such a cool person. Um, I believe she's an interpreter. Um, and yeah, she was just a really great person. And then in the fall I'm taking part two and I can't remember the professor's name off the top of my head, but, um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to working with her as well because I haven't really um, had a chance to yet. Well, I definitely hope that you enjoy part two. And yeah, and I guess two notes I'll make before I guess moving on to the next topic is, yeah, is one in terms of your creative writing. I actually checked out one of your, you know, reviews that you wrote for um, Screen 6 for The Mason Crown. And yeah, I really liked the way that you had really like articulated your words and like and were able to convey the review. You you did such a great job with that. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I was really thrilled when that film came out because horror movies are one of my favorites, um, and the Scream franchise in particular is one of my favorites. Even if not all of them are um, quite on par with um, some of the others. Um, so I was really excited to write that review and I'm pretty proud of how it turned out. So thank you for checking it out and thank you for saying that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Because, because I did know that, you know, that you were a contributing writer to the Mason Crown. So I wanted to make sure to check out some of your work, but, but as someone who majored in, yeah, in media studies for my undergrad, and though I haven't, you know, seen the movie itself, like I was just, you know, really thrilled by the way that. I mean, that you wrote it, and I mean, it was in a nice, gentle manner, but it conveyed all of the points just so well. So, yeah, definitely kudos to that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to get more into um, film criticism, film analysis, and all of that, um, which I have some other projects that are um, kind of more in that vein. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely hoping to continue to write more film reviews for Mason Crown in the fall. Um, so keep an eye on Mason Crown and um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna be sure to go ahead and yeah, keep my eye out for Mason Crown among your many other projects. And I guess the second note I'll make before asking about one of your other projects is, you know, since you were mentioning accessibility, and that's accessibility is actually one of the main reasons among among some others as well as to why I switched from just doing you know, audio podcast to video ones. And so like within this past year and a half, like I, I took a lot of time to do my research and to figure out what would make podcasts more accessible. And there's just so many tools out there that can help out. But right now, the overall, I guess, industry for audio podcasts aren't quite there with accessibility features, which ultimately is what pushed me to actually start video podcasts. A lot of people would ask me about that so I wanted to sort of make a note of that since we were speaking on the topic of accessibility because it's just such a it's just so important to make sure that everyone's able to enjoy this and I want to make sure everyone's able to tune in and really 
you know, help see or listen to people's stories. Yeah, that's a great step um, toward making it more inclusive for sure. Um, yeah, and one thing, um, it's really hard to do it, um, but um, a transcript is also super helpful. Although, of course, doing it from scratch is just, you know, like that should be a paid job. Um, there's there's no way that um, that can be, you know, just like expected to be done. Um, but if there are some programs that um, can probably produce a, a pretty accurate transcript and then you could just go in and, you know, touch it up maybe. But um, that's it's still a pretty huge time commitment. Um, so not necessarily saying that you have to do that, but, you know, maybe for anyone who's listening who does have that capability, um, maybe they could either help you with that or, you know, look into helping other podcasts with that. Yeah, absolutely. And fun fact is that I actually, you know, have been using for about a year now um, this transcription tool called Descript, which I absolutely love. And yes, I am a affiliate with them too. But nevertheless, I mean, they're just an amazing tool. And and then luckily, even this platform we're recording with Riverside FM also does their own transcriptions now as well. So yeah, which which I so. That those were that's some of the reasons I was drawn to those, um, you know, platforms. Just yeah, just because they allowed for that capability, which I thought was, and I and of course is just such a like a necessity to to have for for this medium. So yeah, I love them. But yeah, but to continue on with you know with your mini projects that you're working on, you're also working on a video podcast with Chesapeake Television. Yes, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, we just got the green light a couple days ago, um, so I was super happy that um, I was able to come on here and actually talk about it. Um, although I don't know all the details yet. Um, for example, I don't know what the release schedule is going to be like because um, we haven't had that meeting yet, but we did officially get the green light. Um, and so hopefully um, by the time that this episode comes out, we may have one or two episodes up, but um, it's going to be called The Matinee. Um, and it's um, in conjunction with um, Chesapeake Public Library and Chesapeake Television. And so it's going to be highlighting um, just basically um, movie recommendations is the goal, um, but specifically those that are available through Chesapeake Public Library. Um, so that's kind of the main audience. But of course, if you don't have access to Chesapeake Public Library, um, which anyone can get a card. So if you live in Norfolk or Virginia Beach or Portsmouth, um, you can get a card there for free. Um, and then you can access the online materials as well as the in-person DVDs and Blu-rays and things. Um, but um, even if you don't have access to Chesapeake Public Library, you can still watch for movie recommendations and um, just, you know, um, keep an eye out. Um, there's a website I like to use called justwatch.com where you can put in a title and then it will tell you all the streaming services that it's on. Um, so that's really helpful. Um, or you could use your own local library if you have one. Well, I'm so, yeah, I'm so glad that you're able to have this opportunity. So first of all, congratulations on officially getting the green light for it. Yeah, thank you. It was a quite a long process. <laughs> yeah, because as soon as you told me about it, I was just like, oh, I so want to hear more about this and be one of your, you know, your early supporters for this, because this just sounds like such a cool and fun project. So out of curiosity, how did this come about? So I had the idea, um, Chesapeake Public Library has a service called the Memory Lab, and um, we started offering um, podcast capabilities. So we have some microphones, and you can record um, using Audacity and those microphones and things like that. Um, and so anyone can do that um, with a, as long as you have a Chesapeake Library card. Um, you can reserve the space and then come in and record your own podcast. Um, so that was um, where I originally got the idea from. Um, and then, um, so Chesapeake Public Library already has some collaborations with Chesapeake Television. Um, they do some story times and some news things. Um, and so I just kind of combined those two ideas. And then we ended up with um, the um, soon-to-be form of the matinee. Well, that is so cool. So out of curiosity, so when it officially comes out which hopefully it will by like we said by the time this releases so i guess what will be your role in it like will you be uh in front of the camera or behind the scenes or a mixture of both 
Um, so I'll be the host. So I'll just be in front of the camera. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I don't have any skills in terms of working um, their equipment there. Um, but the people there are so cool and so nice and so much more knowledgeable than I probably ever will be about cameras um, and lighting and sound and everything. Um, so, yeah, they do a great job. All their productions look great. Um, so, yeah, I'll just I'll just get to, uh, you know, sit there and look pretty, as they say. <laughs> Well, that is so cool. And so, and so will this be one of your first, I guess, in front of a camera, you know, experiences hosting? Because I know you're mostly like, you know, behind the microphone, but not necessarily in front of the camera. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I have been um, part of some of their other productions, just like for one-off episodes, um, like the the library news um, updates that they do. Um, I've been part of some of those things. Um but this will be my first, um, I guess, extended experience of, you know, hosting and everything. So that'll be fun. Well, I certainly you know, wish you the best with that. That sounds just so cool. And please keep me updated with, with that because I so want to make sure to check out like every episode, everything that you do, because that just sounds extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I know that you've done some work with um, public access television in the past as well, right? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd love to check that out as well. If you want to, um, I think you had shared the link with me um, at some point, but yeah. 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 I've, I've been doing stuff for now, let's see, since 2018 and this is now 2023. So, so yeah, it, I've been doing this stuff for, a while, but I mean, I don't know. It's so something extraordinary about really doing stuff on the local level and being able to highlight like some of the amazing work that happens right here, especially like in yeah, you know, in Hampton Roads and for me, Newport News, Virginia in particular. But yeah, it, it's extraordinary to, I mean, to really see what people are capable of, especially at you know an early age. So yeah, I'm ever so thankful to have these experiences and in my case for um nps telecom i mean it, so many extraordinary experiences and yeah i went from being a just an audio technician to like when i was in high school to now i'm a stream coordinator um you know making sure all the live streams are intact and being able to explore a little bit of everything from yeah camera from camera work to, you know, to directing, technical directing, a little bit of everything. That's so cool. Yeah. So you've got a great, um, a great mixture of um, various technical skills there. That's really cool. Thank you so much. And even though I have done some stuff, you know, in front of the camera, I, I like hosting. I, I much prefer being behind the camera, but you know, I've become so adjusted to anything and everything. And of course we're doing this here now. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's really fun to see what you can do when you are given the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, but I know that even for you, you like just your Chesapeake television project isn't even the last project that you have. You have yet another project as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's one more, um, which will have debuted, um, definitely. Um, the first episode's coming out on June 13th, and it's going to be once a month on the 13th um, from there. And it's an audio podcast. Um, the matinee is going to be video, of course, um, but this one's going to be audio. Um, and it's called Dollar Short. And so it's basically um, kind of like just an exploration of I guess, kind of lesser talked about, um, underseen films, um, specifically from like the 50s, 60s, and 70s, um, probably the 80s as well. Um, and um, I may look into doing some more like new releases and things as well. Um, but I'm particularly captivated by like 60s and 70s films, um, especially like the the cheap, low-budget, like, B-movies. Um, so I definitely want to take a look at some of those. Um, so the first um, filmmaker that I'm going to go try to cover 
Um, I'm not going to cover all of her films at once because she's incredibly prolific, um, but her name is Doris Wishman, and she's um, one of the most prolific female filmmakers of all time. Um, she has about 30 films, um, and not only that, but she's she's also a pretty prominent figure in the world of um, what's called exploitation films, um, which... It, sounds a little bit worse than it is although sometimes it is as bad as it sounds um, but basically the idea is just um you know really cheap thrifty budgets um and then take a um, sensationalized topic and um, just see how much money you can make off of just like a cheap little thrown together film um, and some of them have more artistic value than that some of them have no artistic value at all um, but there's just something so charming about them. Um, it, it really feels like a, a whole other world, um, especially with those 60s and 70s one, 70s, 60s and 70s films. Um, it just feels like a completely different world than the one that we inhabit today, which I find so fascinating. Um, and I think another thing that interests me about it is that there's just, really no such thing as that kind of um like underground b-movie market today um i mean of course there's tons of filmmakers probably more than there ever has been in history because i mean everyone most people have a camera in their pockets now um so there's probably more films being produced now than there were before but um it's just not the same as it was in like the 60s and the 70s and even the 80s and 90s. Um, I don't know. There was, there's just something a little bit magical and a little bit um, strange and sometimes even off-putting about so many of the um, low-budget B-movie exploitation flicks from that time. Um, so that's mainly what I want to um, focus on. And particularly, I want to kind of evaluate um, like the representations of... Um, gender, sexuality, all of those things. Um, Cause you know, women's studies student here. So that's the kind of things that I pick up on the most when I engage with media. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the gist of the project. Yeah, so out of curiosity, how did this project come about? You've just have so many like extraordinary projects. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely like to keep busy. Um, so this one, I've wanted to do something similar for a while, but I didn't quite have my niche yet. Um, and then over the past couple years, I've really gotten into um, like 60s and 70s films. Um, and I've been wanting to explore even older films than that. Um, so I've been watching a lot from like the 40s and 50s as well recently. Um, and I just, like I said, I just find them to be so, so charming and so strange. Um, and so I, I kind of wanted to, um, as I've been engaging with them a lot, I wanted to find um, whether it was scholarship or um, just like general conversation and discussion about these films. And there's just not a lot of it out there. Um, some of the more prominent filmmakers do have, um, you know, podcasts and YouTube videos and things devoted to them, but a lot of them don't. Um, and so I kind of saw that gap there and I just thought that it would be cool if I were the one to fill it because um, it would also it would be satisfying that the the need of you know there's the content isn't out there and then also satisfying my own um, desire to talk about these films and you know to spread the word about them and and um, make them make people more aware that they exist because um, a lot of people just don't even know about this um, some of these I guess, um, crevices in film history. Um, and so I'm really fascinated by them and I, I just like to um, talk about them and make people more aware of them. That is so cool. And for me as someone who I, so even with my undergraduate degree, but especially now, like in my graduate studies, like a part of my mental research focus has been on exploring certain types of media that most people don't take the time to explore and i think there's so much stuff that just sort of is a lost out there that i would 
love to bring to light. And so my specialty is on, you know, is on television sitcoms of the 1980s. And some of it actually more so follows along the 1970s. Some might be like maybe early to mid 1990s, but nevertheless, you know, it's like that sort of my niche right there. And so, yeah, I mean, so like for me hearing what you're doing, that's just so extraordinary. Thank you. And I love to hear that. Um, I would love to chat with you about those sitcoms because I know probably about like, you know, you know, like those memes where it's like the the iceberg or whatever. I'm probably at the very top of that, um, like 80s sitcom iceberg, where I probably only know like, you know, the most popular, like five or six of them. So I would love to talk with you about those and hear more about them. Yeah. And likewise for your, yeah, for all the films that you will be uncovering, because I mean, that just sounds so great. And so, like, I don't know. I really want to learn more, like, about the film industry, especially, you know, for somewhat early on. I know film's been around for a while, but, you know, but rather, you know, that particular niche, I think that's just, I don't know, there's something that just sounds so fascinating to me. I mean, I don't know. I've never been one that really is with all of the popular stuff, but... I don't know. There's something fun about like having an interest that not everyone else is interested in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's definitely um, a big part of the appeal as well. It feels like you're uncovering hidden treasure or something, you know? So true. And so for the Tower Short podcast, so I know you mentioned that people will be able to find the first episode, which of course would have been out by now by you know june 13th on i believe podbean and apple podcast yes that's correct yeah so that those are going to be the um the two places where you can listen um because i had i had considered a couple other platforms but i was like well let's just start out with these um these main two um which i think are probably two of the bigger ones um and then i I had looked into spotify but spotify has a lot of rules um and i actually had the trailer up on spotify and it was taken down with a copyright claim. And I'm like, I don't understand that because like I literally like did the theme song myself on a keyboard. And then like, other than that, it's just me talking. So like, I didn't use any sound clips from anywhere. So I was like, okay, it's clearly not meant to be on Spotify. <laughs> Maybe in the future, but <laughs> not at, not right now. <laughs> well, for anyone who's listening, you all know where to not find the, uh, the podcast. Yes, but but hopefully Spotify will come around and invite you all back, hopefully. <laughs> yes, when I'm rich and famous one day. Well, I know that, I mean, you, you'll make that come true. But, I mean, nevertheless, this has just been such a, you know, a fun discussion thus far. And, I mean, I've, I've so been enjoying it. And I did mean to ask you earlier, so since I know you want to get your master's degree in library media science. So, well, library information science. So, like, how did that come about? Had you always wanted to do stuff with the library? And I know you even do library work now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of another thing that's followed me since childhood. Um, I remember when I was little, um, I would, like, write things on my board. Um, I had a little whiteboard in my room, and I would write things on there, like, kind of making, like, like little book displays and movie displays and things like that, just like writing the titles on the board in my room. And then I would, you know, try and get members of my family to like come and check out items um, and like borrow them and things like that, Um, which probably was cute, you know, the first couple times and then they, they got probably very tired of it. Um, So that's kind of just another thing that I've always been interested in. Um, which I can thank my my parents and specifically my mom um, for always taking me to the library um, very often when I was a kid um, and, you know, reading picture books to me before bed and everything, um, which I don't really have a lot of memories of, but um, I'm sure that it has definitely informed, you know, all the, the paths that I've taken. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's just kind of a, another thing that's followed me for a long time. Um, I've always loved that libraries are like one of the spaces that um, anyone can go into um, and, you know, you can have access to so much information there. 
um, not only information, but also just pure entertainment. Um, and there's so many great programs that libraries offer for people of all ages. Um, and it's also one of the only places that you can just come in and, and just sit down, you know, whether it's like hot or cold outside, you can escape the elements and just hang out and not have to spend money or anything. Um, so I think for those reasons, um, libraries have always been, you know, I don't want to say like my one true love, but maybe. <laughs> well, nevertheless, that's, I mean, that's so cool. And even going back to like to you and your childhood where you would like make library displays in your room that like for me and in, in teaching, that's that literally is like the description of of stuff I would do because I I knew early on I really wanted to you know be in education in some capacity or another and so yeah I apologize to my little brother for repeatedly teaching him anything and everything that he did not want to learn but mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah I mean that's so cool that you know you're able to continue following that passion and you know and even now like actually getting to do some stuff that you had dreamed about and so like where do you see yourself like continuing to go and you know and continue to learn in that path definitely um i see myself staying probably in public libraries um which is the one that i, I have the most experience with um i don't really ever see myself going into like um, elementary or middle school libraries um I definitely respect those positions a lot, um, but I, I don't think that that is the right uh, place for me. Um, I have considered working in an academic library, but I do think that um, I'm more interested in the kinds of um, programs and the kinds of services that you can provide at a public library. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the path that I see myself going on with that. Um, and so um, currently I'm a library assistant um, and I would like to be, you know, just a regular librarian someday. Um, yeah. Well, I wish you all the best in continuing, I mean, to go along those paths and that path. And yeah, I mean, and like I've said before, I've just so enjoyed this conversation. And I said, and just thank you so much for, you know, coming on and willing to be on. I've just been looking forward to this to this for such a long time and yeah the the time has been worth the wait absolutely thank you so much for having me yeah of course yeah this has just been i mean you know just such a fun time and out of curiosity as we begin you know closing out do you have any other like interesting plans for the summer 2023 sounds like you'll have a lot with your mini projects but nevertheless so um Definitely a lot of reading, um, a lot of watching movies for sure, um, and doing a lot of research into some of those um, films that I, films and directors that I mentioned before. Um, yeah, because um, one thing that I'm definitely seeing with the, the Dollar Short podcast is that it's very research heavy, um, which is why I'm only doing uh, one episode a month. Um, and I'm hoping to I'll hopefully have like several episodes stored up by the time the semester starts. That way I won't have to um, feel too stressed about um, schoolwork combined with the personal projects and everything. Um, so I'll probably be spending a lot of time doing that, um, picking up extra hours at work where I can. Um, and other than that, I guess just kind of relaxing, um, enjoying my first summer without summer classes. Um, yeah, just that kind of thing. What about you? Yeah, for me, I mean, I 100% get that in terms of storing up stuff. It helps out a lot. But mm -hmm. but yeah, I would say for me, like, I just have a ton of personal projects I've been working on. Some content projects that you may or may not see by the time this releases. We'll just have to see and hope everyone tunes in. But yeah, and, and also I'm working on the prep work for my master's thesis this summer, which... I think if I've calculated when this will release properly, I would have just finished the prep work the day before this releases. So, wow. yeah, I, yeah, I'm, that's what, that's what I'm thinking right now. And I'm very excited for it. And I am, spoiler alert, I'm doing my, um, 
my thesis right now, at least for right now, actually on, you know, on television sitcom revivals. And so Ooh. I'm so excited for for that. And I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It, it's weird doing academic work for stuff that you just so love and mm-hmm. enjoy. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yes, I love that. I'm going to. I'm going to definitely want to take a look at that when it's, you know, in a, in a readable state. <laughs> yes, I will be sure to share that with you because, yeah, I, I think you might find it interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love just learning about like niche film and television history um, or music history, or, you know, any kind of niche media history. Yeah, same here. And so for anyone who is watching or listening, where's the best place that they can find you and all of the amazing stuff that that you do? Um, I would say um, past the Ox 15 on Instagram um, is probably the best place. Um, I do have an Instagram for the dollar short um, and that's dollar short pod um, dollar short POD. Um, and those are probably the best places. Um, yeah. Well, that is good to know. And then last but certainly not least, I did want to allow for you to go ahead and close out this episode with whether it be an inspirational thought, a message to the audience or anything that you'd want. The floor is all yours. I would say um, to follow your interests. And um, if someone tries to tell you that something is um, too niche or um, there's not an audience for it, um, most of the time they're going to be wrong. Um, so I would say, um, you know, just just blaze that trail, you know. I love that. Thank you so much, Ken, for just everything that you've had to say. And I'm just so excited to check out all of your future work to come and all the amazing stuff that you're doing now. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you so much. You're the best, Brandon. You are as well, Ken. I appreciate it. But yeah, but for those of you watching or listening, thank you all so much for tuning in to the Tansen Talk Show. I always love doing this and being able to speak with amazing people such as Ken and everyone else who's been on. But until next time, have a wonderful day, everyone, and let's continue to bring people together. I'll see y'all next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.